Hello, I'm Luca De Giglio, and this is the Web3 in Travel podcast, where you can learn about crypto, blockchain, and how the new internet will change travel. Today, we will talk about investing in crypto, specifically in the travel industry. Are we ready to talk about that? Isn't it too early? It's probably too early, but there's a fact here that most people approach crypto by investing. I mean, it's like a reflexive thing. You you say crypto and people go immediately, okay, what token shall I buy? And I think I tried hard to explain that crypto is not about investing only. Of course, it's one very important part, but you could be part of the Web3 journey without buying a token ever. You know, you could earn them or you could just not, not own tokens. That would be, of course, very limiting in my opinion. But at the same time, it's important to understand this. You know, crypto is not just about investing. It is much, much bigger. So the reason I'm doing this that early is because many people get burned very, very much at the beginning because they get into investing without knowing the basics and without knowing how markets work. Is crypto a special market? Does it work differently than other markets? No, not in the short term. Um, you know, it's always the same. The same psychology tends to apply. Now, before crypto, I have never invested in anything. So don't take my words as those of an experienced uh, trader. Uh, I don't call myself even a crypto trader. I call myself more like a crypto investor. And being a crypto investor is not hard. I mean, everybody can be a crypto investor. What is hard is to be a good investor. And I'm, I'm not going to tell you I'm a good or a bad one, but I am an investor because I buy tokens. So all I can tell you is that I have eight years of experience. And in those eight years, I made many mistakes and I learned a lot of stuff. So I'm trying to mostly give you some ideas on how to avoid getting burnt. Why? Well, because my thesis here is very simple. This market hasn't even started yet. I mean, the crypto market for travel. There are very few tokens. There are basically zero working protocols. We haven't yet started. So the amount of money which is going to come into this space is many times bigger than what we have today, which means it's just going to grow, which means many tokens will grow a lot. So it is really easy to make money, in my opinion, in this market, as long as you understand and where this is going and you kind of create your own thesis and you follow through. And it's very easy to lose money in this market if you start buying tokens and selling tokens all the time, you know, doing this thing called day trading, which basically means buying a lot and selling a lot and trying to get it when it's cheap and then selling it when it's at the top. And this is really, really hard. It seems easy because when you look behind, you look back and you say, okay, this, you know, it, price went up, I should have sold there, and then I could have bought again when it was cheaper. This is a big trap, okay? The short-term trading is something that traders do, okay? I said this before in the, in the podcast. So I would give you a first suggestion. Do not do any short-term trading. This is not a market in which you need to do that. Could you make a lot of money out of it if you do it well? Yes, you can, because if a token goes from 1 to 10 and then from 10 to 5 and then 5 to 20, and you time these peaks and bottoms right, you can multiply your money incredibly fast. 
Now, will you actually be able to time the market? No, you won't be able to do that. That's almost impossible unless you are an experienced trader. You know how market works and the psychology of market works. And you have also a very deep knowledge of what's actually happening in these specific markets. So in these specific tokens. Now, if there was nothing else you could do about this, like, okay, the only way to make money is to be an active trader. Yeah, go for it. Study, become a trader or ask some trader to do this for you. But this market is going to grow a lot anyway. So in my opinion, the best thing is to position yourself, buy some tokens which you think are going to have some future, buy them and hold them for as long as you can. And only when it becomes really obvious that they are overpriced and there's a crash coming, try maybe to time the market or maybe try to come out of your positions slowly as it gets higher. But that's also hard. It is really hard. So if you don't want to start becoming a trader in Web3 in travel, just buy tokens really early and hold them. Okay, and know that they're going to go up and then they're going to crash 50%, 80%, and then they're going to go up again. Of course, if you pick the good ones. So even the good ones, they never go up all the time. It is normal for even the best tokens to have these moments in which you completely lose hope about them. And these moments may last years. Let's take Ethereum. Ethereum is arguably a successful coin. Remember, it's not a token, it's a coin. And if you look at the price history, you will see that it had these very long periods of not moving. And then it had these peaks. So it went in 2017 to about $1,400. And then it crashed to $200. And it stayed there for a long time, $200. Then it went a bit up and it stayed to $400 for a long time. And then more recently, it went to $4,000, right? So what is the right price of Ethereum? Is it going to go back to 200? Is it going to go up to 10,000? Well, nobody knows. That's why you need to have your own thesis. Is your thesis that Ethereum is a coin which in the long term will be successful? Well, then you just hold it and you buy more if you can and you just see if your thesis plays out. And this is what few people do. What most people do, if the token is cheap, like it's been at 1,400, it goes to 200, they completely lose faith in it, right? And it's very easy to lose faith because then a lot of people are going to talk about it and say this token is not moving, it's not going to go anywhere, etc., etc. And it's also very easy to buy when it grows because you see it going from 200 to 400 to 800 to 1,000, 1,500. Oh, wow, this coin is going to the moon. Let's buy it. And you buy it at 1,500 and it crashes to 400 again. This is normal. This doesn't even mean that it's bad to buy them when they grow, right? This is called breakout purchase. Like you, you buy a token and it really shows it broke out from the previous all-time high. If you bought Bitcoin in 2017 when it went from 2,000 to, let's say, 10,000, well, you, you would have bought it at 10,000 and sold at 20,000 before the big crash. But this is so hard to do. Very, very hard to do. What is much easier to do is to buy it really early. So you form your thesis early and you keep your thesis. I bought Bitcoin very early at $400 and I said, okay, this thing has some legs. It could go really far. And I, I held it forever. Even when it went to 20000 
where I should have sold because then it crashed to 10 and then slowly went down even to 4, even a little bit less than 4. I should have sold at 20,000 and rebought again. Imagine selling, let's say, one Bitcoin at 20,000. It goes down to 4. You can buy 5 of them. Why didn't I do it? Because I'm not a trader. Because when it was at 20,000, I was thinking this thing is going to go even higher. People were talking about a million, right? And now you could say, well, this guy is an idiot because he thinks Bitcoin would go to a million. But this is what happens. We have this herd psychology. Everybody's buying, you buy. Everybody's selling, you sell. Nobody's buying, you don't buy. And just a few very experienced people, traders, know what to do. Now, do you want to become a trader? Again, go ahead. But that's a completely different job, completely different mindset. And if you're in the travel industry, you probably focus on other things. You probably enjoy other things. Now, let's say that you are a passionate vacation rental professional. You love vacation rentals. You, you are an expert. You know a lot of things. You know a lot of people. And then this new thing, Web3, comes in and it forces you to start thinking about tokens. What can you do? Well, you could ignore it, but then you're going to lose an incredible amount of upside. You will see people around you less experienced than you, maybe younger people who make money you could even not dream about before. And that's going to make you probably sour. And you're going to say, look at this newbies that don't know anything. I've been in the vacation rental space for so long and they're making money and I'm not. Don't go that way. This is not necessary. Uh, the whole space, the whole travel space is getting monetized and financialized through Web3. There's nothing we can do about it, right? You, you may better embrace it. So how do you embrace it in a coherent way without becoming a trader or a speculator? Well, you become an investor. In a way, we are forced to become investors. Does it mean you need to have a lot of money to throw into these things? No, you could be an investor with 100 euros. And if you form your thesis right, these 100 euros can really multiply themselves, right? Now, of course, if you get the token which goes up 100 times and you put 100 euros, you're going to say, oh my God, I should have put more. If instead it goes to zero, you say, oh my God, I threw away 100 euros, hard-earned euros. Now, this is going to happen no matter what you do. You are going to invest in a few tokens. Some will go to zero and some will go much higher. So let me introduce to a very important concept in crypto investing is the asymmetric risk or asymmetric opportunity. Let's say you put $1,000 in a new token in the travel industry, right? You put $1,000. And before putting this money, you really study the thing. It looks great. Um, there's a good team. You, you really have hopes for it. And you form your thesis. And basically you say, okay, this thing could go up a lot. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to hold it. Then three things can happen. Number one, it goes to zero. Maybe there's a general market crash. Maybe the team dissolves, whatever. It can go to zero. So this is the worst case scenario. You lose $1,000. Another thing which can happen, it can go... You can stay there. You know, you spend a thousand dollars. It's worth one thousand one hundred, nine hundred, one thousand two hundred. It really stays there for a long time, and it never moves from that price ever. So your long-term investment turns out to be well. Maybe you lose ten percent. Maybe you make ten percent. And this is really, really rare because whatever price the token had at the beginning, it was not proven by the market. So let's say the the project launches a token, they have to decide the price and they go with some price, whatever. It's really hard for them to actually 
guess the right price. So they go on the market with a certain price, and then the market decides what the price is. So it's really, really rare that your $1,000 will stay $1,000 for a long time. The third option is that it grows. It can grow to $2,000, $4,000, $10,000, $100,000. Now, this can happen in a year or two. It doesn't need to take a long time, or it could happen in five years sometimes. Sometimes tokens stay at the same price for three, four years, and then they actually grow. And it's very common for a token in Web3 to go from you know, $1 to $100. It's not a big deal. It's not rare. So if you make your bet on, let's say, 100 tokens, and each token you put 100 euros, so sorry if I go from euro to dollars just to keep it fair, so you invest totally $10,000, how many of those tokens need to go 100 times up in order for you not to lose money? Just one. You can have 99 of them going to zero, and you need one to go 100 times up, and you're back even. Now, in this moment in history, Betting on 100 tokens in the Web3 travel space will probably give you at least 100x. 100x, I mean 100 times the price up. And will probably give you many going to zero. So the asymmetric concept here is that you can lose, going back to the 1,000 investment, right, in a token, you can lose 1,000, so you can lose that amount of money, you cannot lose more, right? But you can make 100,000. This is why it's asymmetric. And this is a difficult concept to accept because it goes, you know, beyond what we're used to, but it is extremely normal in crypto. So my opinion, and it's just my opinion, is that it is good to take a certain amount of money, money that you can lose. And by money you can lose, I mean the amount of money that if you lose it, you're going to be upset, very upset, but you will not cry. Now, this may seem a bit stupid to say, but it's actually very important. Now, if you put an amount of money you don't care about, like even if you lose, you don't even realize it, you're not even investing. You won't pay attention. You won't have the incentive to follow your investments. If you put more money that you can lose, so the money you need to live, then you're going to be very emotional. And your token, which is going from 1 to 100, you're going to sell it before it gets to 100 because it will crash several times and it will crash so hard that you won't believe it. You're not probably used to see an asset crashing 50%. You bought a house, you've never seen the house going down 50 or 90% in value. And it is really hard when something crashes 50 or 80% to still believe in it. But this is what Bitcoin did several times. This is what Ethereum did several times. So it's a completely different mindset. Your way to 100x means surviving those crashes. And while you may try to time the market sometimes and say, okay, it went up a lot. I'm going to sell a little bit. Okay. Never sell when it's crashing. It's just too late. Just think about it as money you can lose. I cannot tell you how many times I and other people have sold tokens, which were they looked like hopeless. And then just after we sold them, they went up 50 times. And I cannot tell you the times that I invested too little in a token, which went up 10 times or 100 times. And how many times that little I invested, I sold half of it when it doubled and then it went up 50 times more. So your advantage today 
is that you are really early. You're not early in crypto. Crypto is, you know, 11 years old or something. But Web3 in trouble, really early. There's very few tokens. And in the next years, many new tokens will come to the market. And if you are able to position yourself, then you can have more than one under DAX. Travel is a huge industry and it's going to be completely changed by Web3. This is my thesis. I may be wrong, of course, but I stand by this thesis. And unless I change my thesis, right? And my thesis won't change because prices will change. It will change because the fundamentals will change. Now, let's say that I invest in 10 travel tokens. They all go to zero. Should my thesis change? No, the price doesn't really matter. And that's another difficult concept. My thesis changes when, for instance, it becomes clear that nobody's going to use Web3 in travel. That would be a great you know, fundamental change in, in the way I see this thing. But if everything goes to zero and I'm still convinced that Web3 is going to come, maybe it was just timing it wrong. Maybe it's just going to take a few years longer. It's even better. I'm going to buy more tokens. And that's another reason not to invest all your money at the beginning, it may be too early. So the way I approach this is pretty simple. I have this very strong conviction that Web3 in travel is going to be huge and every single company in the future is going to use some parts of Web3. So that's my conviction. I'm open to changing my mind, but there must be very important fundamentals changing. And they're not changing, they're just getting stronger every day. Based on this conviction, I'm going to invest in travel tokens as much as I can. And then I will hold them. I will hold them even if they go down and I will hold them even if they go up. Maybe when there's this parabolic growth in which like they go from 10 to 50 in a matter of weeks, because I kind of learned how markets work, yes, I will sell a little bit, but I will never sell all of them because you never know how high these things can go. Now, when will I finally sell? Well, I don't think I will ever finally sell everything. You know, it's not 2017 anymore where you get into crypto to get more euros or dollars. You invest in a speculative asset to get more fiat money, which you can use in the real world. I switched to a different mindset here, which is getting more ownership of the new continent, of the Web3 continent, where value is shifting to. But if you're new to this, you don't need to go that far. You can keep your worldview in which, you know, you need fiat to, to live. So you get into and you try and you get out so you can spend the money in real life. This is just me and it's been a long journey and I got to this point and I'm pretty convinced about it. But I'm not going to ask you to make this important. Like it's, it's a very heavy uh, shift in, uh, in mentality. So let me tell you how I would approach this market if I was new and I wanted to get in and, I, and I'm positive that this is the, the direction uh, travel will take. I will take a small amount of money, let's say $1,000. For somebody, a small amount of money is 10000 and for somebody is 100 It doesn't matter. And um, I would buy a few tokens now, $100 each, just to know how this works. You don't really need a strong conviction at this point. Maybe it's too early to form a conviction, but at least you start buying these tokens early. And having those tokens allows you to have skin in the game. So to have a stronger incentive to study what's happening, you are now an investor. You know that this money may be completely gone in a short time, but you are okay with losing it. 
there's no big emotion behind it. An emotion is what really ruins you. And then you start looking at every project in the space. And if you find something which you think is going to be very good, you can invest a little bit more. Always money that you can lose. Now, at this stage, there's very few tokens specific for travel. And it's probably too early to have the winners. Considering that there's going to be hundreds and then thousands of travel-related tokens, the chances that the few which are out there right now will be the big winners are pretty low, but they're there and they're probably very cheap if they're going to be successful, right? So your bet is, I don't know if these are going to be successful, but if they are, these tokens are really, really cheap. So you're going to buy a few of them. And holding those tokens will teach you how to use them, like how to use them for governance. You're going to vote on proposals. You're going to follow the price action, having again, you know, skin in the game so you understand the psychology behind it. If you manage not to sell them or not to buy too many of them, if they grow up and you just keep, you know, steady with your thesis, you will also see how other people get sucked in buying those tokens when they are expensive because they're growing and, and selling them when they're crashing, when they're cheap, and you actually should be buying them. So you just look how the inexperienced market reacts to any kind of news and, and macro movement in the general crypto market. So you put $1,000 and you actually have bought a ticket for an online course in Web3 travel token, in Web3 economy. So even if you lose it, you have probably got an amount of knowledge which is more valuable probably than the $1,000 you just lost. And as the time goes by and you get more experience, you're going to learn to position yourself in projects which are like more solid and you're going to look for the big one. The big one meaning the one which is going to give you 100x. And the easiest way to get 100x is to buy really, really early, which is when nobody wants to buy them. So now let's talk about initial token offerings, because this is a tricky part of crypto. Some tokens are released with an offering. It means the company or the project says, we are going to sell tokens on that date, get on our whitelist. And when we go on the market, you buy it. And then they start hyping it. Of course, it's marketing about their tokens. It's understandable and it's good. Then they launch this IPO, basically. Uh, you can call it ICO, which is initial coin offering. Then it became a dirty word. Then they call it IDO, initial decentralized token offering. There's tons of names. It's always the same thing. They take a token which is valueless. They just made it out of thin air and they sell it to you. And you buy it because you know that this money is going to go to the project and the project will actually build stuff and this stuff will make the token more valuable. Now, as I said before, buy early. But careful on IDOs or ICOs, etc. is not really buying early because First, maybe they did some private sales. So maybe they sold the tokens to investors before selling them to you and the investors maybe paid half of it. So at the launch, you pay the token 10 cents, but maybe the company has sold this token for 2 cents or 5 cents to early investors in what it's called a private sale. And if they paid it 5 cents, they go on the market and you buy 10 cents. Well, all they have to do is to sell it and they double their investment. So one thing to look at is the vesting period of these investors. So when they buy cheaper, they cannot sell it for a year, two, three, or four. Careful, if there's a private sale in which they don't tell you the terms, how much has been sold, for what price, and what is the vesting period, 
you are probably being the victim here, the exit liquidity. You are putting the money for them to exit the position. Now, if any project does this, stay away from it. Very often, it's better not to join the IDO or the ICO, so the initial token sale, but just wait until the market price it in. Very often, after the ICO, the price goes up because it's part of the plan. They push it up. It has to be successful, so they don't allow it to go down. But in the long term, this cannot be sustained, right? So then it slowly goes down. And that may be a good time to buy when it goes down after the ICO, when nobody believes in it anymore. So do not feel the need to rush into these token offerings, even if they make it feel like you're going to lose the opportunity of a lifetime. If the token is doing 100x, it doesn't matter if you get in at $1 or at $2 because it's going to $100. Never get in these things when everybody else is getting in. It's too dangerous. Or maybe for experiment, get in one and see what happens. Maybe this is better than just telling you what, what to do or what not to do. Take your first steps as pure experiments and, and the value you get out of them, even if you lose all your investment, is the experience you have. So to recap, take an amount of money you can lose, an amount which doesn't make you cry, but is going to kind of, you know, make you upset. Not enough money that you have anything left because maybe you are getting in too early and then when the real nice opportunities come out, you don't have money anymore or you have lost faith. Put it in a few tokens and see how they move. Do not sell them. Just see how the market goes and do not get in when everybody wants to get in something. It's probably not a good time. And by the time you got there, well, you won't need my advice anymore. You probably have uh, even a better approach to markets than I have. But, you know, at least you haven't done the, the, the classic mistakes where you go in very heavy on something which you think is great and then it crashes and you completely lose um, faith in the whole system and then you lose the upside, which is enormous. The most damaging thing here is to get burned early and lose the opportunity to get in at the right moment in the right tokens. FOMO, fear of missing out. This is really dangerous. You are not in any way too late here. You are probably too early. So this was for tokens. How about NFTs? Do you want to become an NFT collector, investor in the travel space? Well, in this case, you're even earlier. Um, how to do that? Well, this is even harder. I mean, NFTs are not liquid, which basically means we never know the real price. Now, a token has this price discovery mechanism, which is amazing. People are buying and selling every day. The price you see is the real price of the token. It means that if a minute later you want to sell it, that's the price you get, right? An NFT which was purchased for one ETH a month ago and now doesn't have any offer, doesn't have a price. If the seller puts it for sale at two ETH, this is not the price. This is just what's in his, his or her mind. The price of the NFT is the price it's been sold the last time or the offers. So if somebody's offering two ETH and the owner doesn't want to sell it, the price it is to hit. So in terms of NFTs, as I was saying, it's better to collect the things you like or you think make sense and just keep them there for a long time again. The market will catch up and it will catch up maybe by at a certain point giving a very high value to your NFTs or just by completely ignoring them. So defining their value as, as zero. 
So I'm not really experienced in NFT investing. I'm more experienced in NFT positioning. And I'm talking about NFTs in travel, which is there's almost nothing out there. But we are going to see projects basing their raising strategy and the whole strategy more on NFTs than tokens. And that can be very interesting. So let me tell you a little bit my experience in buying NFTs in in other verticals. First of all, I do not buy art because I do not understand art. And I say this because it's very easy to think that NFTs are only about art and they're not. But I got into gaming, uh, specifically what is called play-to-earn gaming. Maybe you've heard about X-Infinity. So these are basically Web3 games where you, you can earn money. And many of these games, um, instead of going to the investors, they issue NFTs. So they issue these digital assets and they put them on the market and people buy them and then they build a game and you can use these NFTs to play. And so far it's been pretty successful in the sense that those NFTs tend to go up in value very often. So I have seen pretty often some 5x, 10x in a very short amount of time. And sometimes I've sold if I was able to buy more than one. And sometimes I've kept and then they went down again. But in general, it's been really good. And I'm not really sure why, why NFTs are more successful in terms of you know initial offering because these are like you know initial token offerings but they're offering nfts but i think it is because with tokens you don't really know what they are for most of the times so, you know you buy this token of this project but what can you do with it they they often try to give it some utility but it's not you know you could use something else in a way so for instance yes with this token you can help the governance you can vote on stuff or you can use it for paying the service. Okay, right. Do you absolutely need those tokens for that? Well, yes, governance, you need tokens, but then governance is, is a completely different subject. It's not really something you want to do most of the times. Governance is work. And yes, maybe you can use these tokens and to pay for the services of this project and get a small discount. But even if that thing wasn't there, the system will work anyway. While NFTs are, have a very clear utility, like if it's a game and you don't have the NFT, you cannot play the game. This is maybe your, your avatar or the, the character you're using or a sword or whatever, or maybe it's land. Now, lands have been very successful. So some games create these virtual lands. They are limited. You buy them and then on top of these lands, you can build other things, right? These have been really successful. Like Sandbox, for instance, was selling lands for $100, $200. And as I'm speaking, they're worth $10,000, right? Just less than a year uh, later. So we don't really know how NFTs will be used in the travel space, but I'm pretty sure they will be used for even this kind of initial investing. So keep an eye on them too. They are pretty, pretty important. They could give you a very good upside. And especially they can give you access to things otherwise you, you cannot really access, right? While tokens often do not work this way. So the biggest difference between tokens and NFTs is that tokens are really easy to sell. It doesn't mean you can sell them at a higher price, but you can usually sell them. And NFTs sometimes no, especially if these are uh, ERC721. So one on one, like there's only one of this kind of NFT, unless somebody wants to buy that NFT, you won't sell it. That also means that because price discovery is harder in NFTs, sometimes you think they are, you know, they, they look 
they crash less because it's harder for them to crash in a way. But again, if your mindset is speculator or trader, okay, I can help you with that. If your mindset is long-term investing and you know creating your assets ownership in this new universe, then you don't really need to look at the, the short-term price. You, you know, again, it will crash, it will grow up. If your thesis, again, with this thesis, right, if your thesis is that they have value and the project is serious and is, is executing well, you just keep them. Now, one thing about NFTs, one mistake I did repeatedly without realizing is that buy more than one. So if you like a project and you are allowed to buy more than one NFT, buy at least two. Why? Because it happened to me. I bought an NFT for $300. It went to $3,000 and I wanted to keep it because I liked the image. I didn't want to get out of that project. It was harder to sell than tokens because with tokens, you can sell half of them. You put $100, the price doubles. You sell $100, you have the same amount of money in it. So you still have $100 worth, which costs you nothing. You got back your principal. With NFTs, if you have one NFT and it shoots up to $3,000 or $10,000 and you sell it, yes, you made a lot of money, congratulations, but you don't have the NFT anymore. And maybe you love that NFT, right? So you buy two of them and it goes up. Well, you're going to sell one of them and you still have the other. And the few times I was actually able to buy more than one, they were really good for me because now I have these NFTs, they have value and they cost me nothing. Okay, a very important concept here. You can do this on centralized exchanges. I mean, you can. You can buy tokens, you can buy NFTs now on centralized exchanges, but this is too limiting. Most people want to stay only in centralized exchanges because they're easy, you don't have to deal with your wallet, you cannot lose your funds, etc., etc. But you don't want to be with most people. Most people are exit liquidity. They are the people who put the money for the early investors to get out of the investment. It's like a sacrifice they do for the others. You want to be where the few people are. So the most interesting tokens and the most interesting NFTs at the beginning of the life cycle, they are not in the centralized exchanges. Most of the times, some centralized exchanges like Binance, they do the token launch on Binance at the beginning. And I usually don't get into those. Binance is too low level. There's, there's people who don't know anything about crypto there. And they buy whatever Binance tells them to buy. They buy whatever the last you know, YouTube influencer tells them to buy. I don't want to be part of that. You want to be on Web3. So you have your wallet, you have your tokens in a wallet, and you do your trade over there. Does this mean you never have to be on a centralized exchange? No, they're useful, especially if you want, let's say, start selling them as they go up. What you can do, you can send some of your tokens to, let's say, Binance, and then say, sell it when it goes to two, sell it when it goes to three, sell it when it goes to four. So by the time it gets to 10, you, you got out of it. And even if it doesn't get to 10, you sold enough to at least not lose money, right? So try to use every tool for what is best at. For early tokens, no, centralized exchanges are not good. Stay on Web3, stay on your wallet. That's where it happens. A specific word of advice for initial token offerings on PancakeSwap, the Binance smart chain, this is really hype stuff. It's really dangerous to be there for many reasons. I won't get into this, but do not 
get into those, in my opinion. Again, if everybody is getting on a token and if um, you see these influencers with these weird thumbnail pictures where they're shouting, are pushing a token, usually it's not a good idea. You want to buy tokens and NFTs when they are not really high. And the only exception is, again, NFT launches. So sometimes they have these launches. It's the best time to buy them is when they do the launch, not after that. But that really depends on on the cycle, on the market cycle we are in. Right now it's a bull run. Everything looks great. Everything goes up. Everybody's a genius. Uh, Bear markets are much better for buying. You know, you buy something you believe in in a bear market, it's probably extremely cheap and you just wait for the next bull market. Now, part of my thesis in general in, in crypto is that there are going to be bull and bear markets. And let me explain. Not everybody knows what they are. Bull market is when everything is, go- everything is going up. Everybody's buying tokens. Everybody's talking about crypto and the market capitalization, which means the money in crypto is just growing all the time with all the crashes in the middle, of course. Bear market is when nobody wants to buy, prices are low, investment dries up, and nobody believes in crypto anymore, and it was a fad, etc. These are great moments to, to buy tokens and to work into this space. So we've been in a bull market, so prices have gone up for almost a year. Um, and so people have start looking at you know the next crash. It may be imminent, it may be far maybe only some verticals will crash you know maybe DeFi will crash and probably bitcoin will go up maybe bitcoin will crash ethereum will go up maybe nfts will we don't know all right we just don't know but we are still in a bull market it's going to be a bear market when i don't know bitcoin goes back to twenty thousand from 50 or ethereum goes back to 1000 to 4000 this is clearly a bear market a bull market is not the best time to buy for the long term. It's great for short term. Like people buy something, goes up very quickly, and then they sell. But the long term, this is when you buy stuff expensive. In general, there may be tokens in this bull market which are very low, and it could be a good time to buy. I don't know. The thing is, you never know. So if your thesis is that the whole Web3 travel space is going to grow, any time is a good time to buy. Maybe in a bull market, don't buy everything at the same time, but start buying a little bit at a time, which is the famous dollar cost averaging. So every month to buy a little bit and you don't look at the price. So if things go up, what you bought before is up. If things go down, you're buying cheaper. You are making your average purchase at a more like long-term price. Now, we are definitely not in a travel, Web3 travel bull market because there's very few tokens. So it hasn't really started. Like play to earn. So games has been in a, in a bull market for a while and things look good. Maybe they're going to even grow much higher next year. So this seems this the beginning of a cycle, maybe for play to earn. But travel, we haven't really started yet. So this is a great time to start looking into it and start investing a little bit. You have to learn all the technical aspects of investing in this space. So it's a good time as as any to to start. Okay, now I want to introduce another incredibly important 
concept that many people are missing for some reason. Before investing, most people look at one thing, which is the price. So they go to one of those websites showing the prices, let's say CoinGecko, which is one I like, and they look at the first token. So the first token is Bitcoin, which is at $47,000. The second one is Ethereum, which is at $4,000. Then we have the Binance token, which is at $5,070. Then we have Tether, it's the USDT, which is always at $1. It's a stable coin, so it doesn't matter. You don't invest into that. Then Solana, 175, USDC coin, another stable coin, which is at $1, of course. Again, it's a stable coin. Then you have Cardano at 127. And many people do this kind of reasoning. They say, okay, Bitcoin, too expensive. I should have bought it when it was at $100. Um, Ethereum, uh, also very expensive, $4,000, right? Oh, Binance, 10 times cheaper, $570. And they go down, 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 and then they get to Cardano. Cardano is only $1.27. Wow, so the upside, imagine if Cardano goes to $50,000 like Bitcoin. And this is a huge mistake because the price is not all you have to look at. You have to look at the market cap. And the market cap is how much one coin is worth and how many coins exist out there. And this mistake is really clear in tokens like uh, Shiba Inu. Shiba Inu is worth now about $0.00003. And the market cap is $19 billion. It means that people put $19 million in it, more or less. Now, market cap is not a very precise metric because, okay, it should be connected to liquidity. I mean, I could issue a token for a dollar and make a billion of it and then i sell hundred dollars of it and the whole market cap of the token is one billion but it's actually not true because if you have more than hundred dollars or more than hundred thousand dollars you will not be able to sell it because there's no liquidity but let's not go there for the moment so shiba hino is at 19 billion dollars with this price and some people are talking about shiba inu going to one dollar well you know bitcoin went to one dollar from Bitcoin was that low too, it went to $1. So the question is, how many Shiba Inu tokens exist? Why am I asking this question? Well, because if it goes to $1 and there's one quadrillion tokens on the market, it means that the market cap of Shiba Inu at $1 is going to be one quadrillion. Now, I don't know how much one quadrillion is, but I know that the total world economy the value of the total world economy, like everything which has value in the world, is 88 trillions. Now, I think that quadrillions are like 10,000 or 1,000 times more than that, or 100, I'm not sure. So if Shiba Inu goes to $1, you're looking at token which is worth more than the whole world economy. Now, this is obviously absurd, but people are still saying Shiba Inu is going to $1. Why? Because they have no idea. How many Bitcoin exist? 21 million. So if Bitcoin, when Bitcoin went to $1, the whole market cap of, of Bitcoin was $21 million. Today, the whole Bitcoin network is worth almost a trillion dollars, which is still less than gold. So I'm not saying this is little or too much, but it's still in the realm of possibilities. Bitcoin is up there with the big companies like Amazon, Apple, etc. It's, it's in that range. 
It's not, and it's not going to be worth more than the total world economy. So you can use this simple concept when you decide to buy a token or not. So you look at the price of the token, you look how many they have, and you look at the total market cap. And you do this by comparing to real world companies like Airbnb is worth about $100 billion. If somebody launches a token in the Web3 travel space at the valuation of $200 billion before having a product, before having customers, is it sustainable? Well, they should be valued double than Airbnb. Good luck with that. Does it mean that you shouldn't buy those tokens? Well, that's a different thing. If you're a trader, you're not looking at the re-evaluation, you're looking at the markets. If the market is dumb enough to think that the new company is worth more than Airbnb and it actually buys those tokens at that price, maybe it's a good trade. But market forces in the long term are going to adjust that and your theoretically 200 billion new company will go down to 10 billion sooner or later. Now, there's a chance that they become actually bigger than Airbnb. In that case, yeah, you did a great investment. But then your thesis is much harder. You are betting on a new company to be better than Airbnb. So token price multiplied by token number gives you the market cap. The market cap is worth nothing if there's no liquidity. It means if you are not able to sell or buy tokens in good quantities. Uh, small and new tokens sometimes have a price, but when you try to actually sell them, you get a much lower price because there's no liquidity. There's no money into them. So just be careful with those. Uh, try to learn these basic concepts before jumping into especially the very hyped tokens which are going to appear in the future. And so which ones are the projects which actually have a chance to become as big or bigger than Airbnb or Booking and the others, in my opinion, it's networks. So any project which is sufficiently open and decentralized and allows for very fast and very big scalability can become bigger in terms of value because they are open. So everybody can use them. And they become more like public goods, so open protocols like, again, email, FTP, HTTP, etc. Those ones are the ones which can actually change things. Centralized projects with some flavor of cryptocurrency are going to be interesting probably in the short term. And the bet with them is how much they can decentralize and how much they can protocolize. And these are really hard bets to forecast at the beginning. So I am pretty convinced that in the next years, we will see DAOs which become bigger than the incumbents in terms of value, in terms of impact, in terms of people using them. I haven't yet seen anything coming to market, but I've, I'm seeing these in other verticals, so it's going to happen in trouble. So look out for DAOs, for especially the real centralized DAOs. Check them out. Often the best way to get into an investment is not by checking Twitter or YouTube influencers. The best way is to get into very early projects, get into their Discord and see what they say, how they move, how serious they seem, how prepared they are, etc. I don't tend to like too much to look into Telegram. Telegram is just one big channel where everybody writes things and it's kind of often centralized and controlled by the company. 
with often a lot of censorship, um, Discord is much better because it's much more open often, right? So the real gems are usually found in Discord. Learn to use that tool. It's not easy for most people to use it, um, but it's actually where, where you find the really interesting things. All right, that's it for investment. I hope to have given you like a real basic good introduction to it. Do not be a trader, be a long-term investor. Uh, optimize for learning. Do not put money you cannot lose. When you feel more confident, put money you are unhappy to lose, even money which hurts to lose, but never cry for it. So try to size your investments to to this market. It's it's crazy. It's hard to understand and believe what happens in these markets, but it's also fascinating. So thank you for sharing this, this part of the journey with me. All right. This is the end of today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. For more insights on Web3, follow me on Twitter at TripLuca, T-R-I-P-L-U-C-A, and see you next time.